0: Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone Chapter 2. The Vanishing Glass Nearly ten years had passed since the Dursleys had woken up to find their nephew on the front step, but Pruitt Drive had hardly changed at all. The sun rose on the same tidy front gardens and lit up the brass number four on the Dursleys' front door. It crept into their living room which was almost exactly the same as it had been on the night when Mr. Dursley had seen that fateful news report about the owls. Only the photographs on the mantelpiece really showed how much time had passed. Ten years ago, there had been lots of pictures of what looked like a large pink beach wall wearing different colored bonnets. But Dirtley Dursley was no longer a baby. And now the photographs showed a large blond boy riding his first bicycle on a carousel at the fair, playing, com- playing a computer game with his father, being hugged and kissed by his mother. The room held no sign at all that another boy lived in the house too. Yet, Harry Potter was still there, asleep at the moment, but not for long. His Aunt Petunia was awake. And it was her shrill voice that made the first that made the first noise of the day. Get up! Up now! Harry woke with a start. His aunt rapped on the door again. Up she screeched. Harry heard her walking toward the kitchen and then and then the sound of a frying pan being put on a stove. He rolled onto his back and tried to remember the dream he had been having it had been a good one there had been a flying motorcycle in it he had a feeling he'd had a similar dream before his aunt was back outside the door are you up yet She demanded nearly said harry well get a move on and i want you to look after the bacon and don't you dare let it burn i want everything perfect on daddy's birthday harry groaned what did you say his aunt snapped on the door. Nothing, nothing. least birthday. How could he have forgotten? Harry got slowly out of a bed and started looking for socks. He found a pair under his bed and after pulling a spider off one of them, put them on. Harry was used to spiders because the cupboard on the stairs was full of them. And that's where he slept. When he was dressed, he went down the hall into the kitchen. The table was almost hidden beneath all Dudley's presence. It looked as though Dudley had gotten the new computer he wanted, not to mention the second television and the racing bike. Exactly why Dudley wanted a racing bike was a mystery to Harry. As Dudley was very fat and hated exercise. Unless, of course, it involved punching somebody. Dudley's favorite punching bag was Harry. But he couldn't often catch him. Harry didn't look it, but he was very fast. Perhaps it had something to do with living in a dark cupboard. But Harry had always been small and skinny for his age. He looked even smaller and skinnier than he really was because he had to wear old clothes of Dudley's. And Dudley was about four times bigger than he was. Harry had a thin face, knobbly knees, black hair, and bright green eyes. He roamed round glasses held together with lots of scotch tape because of all the times Dudley had punched him in the nose. The only thing Harry liked about his own appearance was a very thin scar on his forehead that was shaped like a bolt of lightning. He had had it as long as he could remember, and the first question he could ever remember asking his aunt, Petunia, was how he had gotten it. In a car crash when your parents died, she had said, and don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. That was the first rule for a quiet life with the Dursleys. Uncle Vernon entered the kitchen, and as Harry was turning over the bacon, he said, he barked, comb your hair by way of a morning greeting. About once a week, her Uncle Vernon looked over the top of his newspaper and shouted that Harry needed a haircut. Harry must have had more haircuts than the rest of the boys in his class put together. But it made no difference. His hair simply grew that way, all over the place. Harry was frying eggs by the time Dudley arrived in the kitchen with his mother. Dudley looked a lot like Uncle Vernon. He had a large pink face, not much neck, small watery blue eyes, and thick blonde hair that lay smoothly on his thick, fat head. Aunt Petunia often said that Dudley looked like a baby angel. Harry often said that Dudley looked like a pig in a wig. Harry put the plate of glasses. Harry put the plates of egg and bacon on the table, which was difficult as there wasn't much room. Dudley, meanwhile, was counting his presents. His face fell. Thirty-six said, looking up at his mother and father, that's two less than last year. Darling, you haven't counted Auntie Marge's present. See, it's under here, this big one from Mummy and Daddy. All right, thirty-seven, said Dudley, going red in the face. Harry, who could see a large Dudley tantrum coming up, began wolfing down his bacon as fast as possible, in case Dudley turned the table over. Aunt Petunia obviously also sent in danger, because she said quickly, And we'll buy you two presents while we're out today. How's that, Popkin? Two more presents. Is that all right? Dudley thought for a moment. It looked like hard work. Finally, he said slowly, So I'll have thirty, thirty, thirty-nine, sweetums, said Aunt Petunia. Oh. Dudley sat back down heavily and grabbed the nearest parcel. All right, then. Uncle Vernon chuckled. Little Tyke wants his money's worth, just like his father. boy, Dudley. He ruffled Dudley's hair. At that moment, the telephone rang, and Aunt Petunia went to answer it. While Harry and Uncle Vernon watched Dudley unwrap his racing bike, a video camera, a remote control plane, and 16 new computer games, and a VCR, he was ripping the paper off a gold wristwatch when Aunt Petunia came back from the telephone, looking both angry and worried. "Bad news, Vernon," she said. "Missus Figg's broken her leg. She can't take him." She jerked her head in Harry's direction. Dudley's mouth fell open in horror, but Harry's heart gave a great leap. Every year on Dudley's birthday, his parents took him and a friend out for the day to adventure parks, hamburger restaurants or the movies. Every year, Harry was left behind with Mrs. Fig, a mad old lady who lived two streets away. Harry hated it there. The whole house smelled of cabbage, and Mrs. Fig made him look at photographs of all the cats she'd ever owned. Now what? said Aunt Petunia, looking fiercely at Harry as though he'd planned this. Harry knew he ought to feel sorry for that Mrs. Fig had broken her leg. But it wasn't easy when he reminded himself that it would be a whole year since till he had to look at Tibbles, Snowy, Mr. Paws, and Tufty again. We could phone March, Uncle Vernon suggested. Don't be silly, Vernon. She hates the boy. The Dursleys often spoke about Harry like this, as though he wasn't there. Or rather, as though he was something very nasty that couldn't understand them, like a slug. What about, what's her name, your friend Yuan, on mas- on vacation in Majorca, snapped Aunt Petunia. You could just leave me here, Harry put in, hopefully. He'd be able to go to watch whatever he wanted on the television for a change, and maybe even have a go on Dudley's computer. Aunt Petunia looked as though she'd swallowed eleven. And come back and find the house in ruins, she snarled. I won't blow up the house, said Harry. they weren't listening i suppose we could take him to the zoo said aunt petunia slowly and leave him in the car that car's new he's not sitting in alone Dudley began to cry loudly in fact he wasn't really crying it had been years since he had really cried but he knew that if he screwed up his face and wailed his mother would give him anything he wanted dinky daddy-dums don't cry Mummy won't let him spoil your special day," she cried, flinging her arms around him. "I don't want him to to come," Dudley yelled between his huge, pretend sobs. "He always spoils everything." He shot Harry a nasty grin through the gap in his mother's arms. Just then the doorbell rang. "Oh, good Lord, they're here!" said Aunt Petunia frantically. And a moment later, Dudley's best friend, Pierce Polkis, walked in with his mother. Pierce was a squawny boy with a face like a rat. He was usually the one who held people's arms behind their backs while Dudley hit them. Dudley stopped pretending to cry at once. Half an hour later, Harry, who couldn't believe his luck, was sitting in the back of the Dursley's car while Pierce and Dudley on their way to the zoo for the first time in his life life his aunt and uncle hadn't been able to think of anything else to do with him but before they left uncle ronan had taken harry aside i'm warning you he said putting his large purple face up close to Harry's. i'm warning you now boy any funny business anything at all and you'll be in that cupboard from now till christmas i'm not going to do anything said harry honestly But Uncle John Vernon didn't believe him. No one ever did. The problem was, strange things often happened around Harry, and it was just no good telling the Dursleys he didn't make them happen. Once Aunt Petunia, tired of Harry's coming back to the barbers, looking as though he hadn't been at all, had taken a pair of kitchen scissors and cut his hair so short he was almost bald except for his bangs, which she had left. To hide that horrible scar. Dudley had laughed himself silly at Harry, who had spent a sleepless night imagining school the next day, where he was already laughed at for his baggy clothes and taped glasses. The next morning, however, he'd gotten up to find his it exactly as it had been before. Aunt Petunia had cheered it off. He'd been given a week in his cupboard for this, even though he tried to explain that he couldn't explain how it had grown back. So quickly. Another time, Aunt Petunia had tried to force him into a revolting old sweater of Dudley's, brown with orange puff balls. The harder she tried to pull it over his head, the smaller it seemed to become. Finally, it may have fitted a hand puppet, but certainly it wouldn't fit Harry. Aunt Petunia had decided it must have shrunk in the wash, and to his great relief, Harry wasn't punished. On the other hand, he had gotten into terrible trouble for being found on the roof of the school kitchens. Dudley's gang had been chasing him as usual, when as to Harry's surprise as to anybody else, he was sitting on the chimney. The Dudleys had received a very angry letter from Dudley from Harry's headmistress, telling them that Harry had been climbing school windings. But all he had tried to do as he shouted at Uncle Ronan through the locked door of his cupboard was jump behind the big trash cans outside the kitchen doors. Harry supposed the wind must have caught him in mid-jump. But today, nothing was going to go wrong. It was even worth being with Dudley and Pierce to be spending a day somewhere that wasn't school, his cupboard, or Mrs. Figg's cabbage-smelling living room. While he drove, Uncle Warren complained to Aunt Petunia. He liked to complain about things. People at work, Harry. The council, Harry. The bank, And Harry were just a few of his favorite subjects. This morning it was motorcycles roaring along like maniacs, the young hoodlums, he had said as a motorcycle took over them. I had a dream over about a motorcycle, said Harry, remembering suddenly. It was flying. Uncle Ronan nearly crashed into the car in front. He turned right around in his seat and yelled at Harry, his face like a gigantic beak with a mustache. Motorcycles don't fly. Dudley and Peter sniggered. I know they don't, said Harry. It was only a dream. But he wished he hadn't said anything, for it was one thing the Dursleys hated even more than his asking questions. It was his talking about anything, acting in a way it shouldn't, no matter if it was a dream or even a cartoon. They seemed to think that he might get dangerous ideas. It was very sunny. The Saturday and the zoo were crowded by with families. The Dursleys bought Duddy and Pierce large chocolate ice creams at the entrance. And then, because the smiling lady in the van had asked Harry what he wanted, they before they could hurry him away, they brought him a cheap lemon ice pop. It wasn't bad either, Harry thought, looking at it as they watched a gorilla scratching his head who looked remarkably like Dudley except that it wasn't blonde. Harry had the first best morning he had in a long time. He was careful to walk a little way apart from the, from the Dursleys so that Dudley and Pierce, who were starting to get bored with animals by lunchtime, wouldn't fall back on their favorite hobby of hitting him. They ate in the zoo restaurant. And when Dudley, and when Dudley had a tantrum because his knickerbocker glory didn't have enough ice cream on top, Uncle Vernon bought him another one, and Harry was allowed to finish the first. Harry felt, afterward, that he should have known it was all too good to last. After lunchtime, they went into the reptile house. It was cool and dark there, with lit windows along the walls. Behind the glass, all sorts of lizards and snakes were crawling and slithering over bits of wood and stone. Dudley and Pierce wanted to see huge poisonous cobras, thick man-crushing pythons. Dudley quickly found the largest snake in the place. It could have wrapped its body twice around Uncle Ronan's car and crushed it into a trash can. But at, the moment it didn't lo- but at the moment, it didn't look in the mood. In fact, it was asleep. Dudley stood there with his nose pressed against the glass, staring at the glistening brown coils. Make it move! He whined at his father. Uncle Vernon propped, tapped on the glass, but the snake didn't budge. "Do it again," Dudley ordered. Uncle Vernon rapped the glass smartly with his knuckles, but the snake just snoozed on. "This is boring," Dudley moaned. He shuffled away. Harry moved to the front of the tank and looked intently at the snake. He wouldn't have been surprised if he had dried of, if it had died of boredom itself. No company. Stupid people drumming their fingers on the glass, trying to disturb it all day long. It was worse than having a cupboard as a bedroom, where the only visitor was Aunt Petunia hammering on the door to wake you up. At least he got to visit the rest of the house. The snake suddenly opened its beady eyes. Slowly, very slowly, it raised its head until its eyes were on level with Harry's. It winked. Harry stared. It looked around. Then he looked quickly around to see if anyone else was watching. They weren't. He looked back at the snake and winked, too. The snake jerked his head toward Uncle Vernon and Lily, raised raised his eyes to the ceiling. It gave Harry a look that said, quite plainly, I get that all the time. I know, Harry murmured through the glass, but he wasn't sure that his snake could hear him. It must be really annoying. The snake nodded vigorously. Where do you come from anyway? Harry asked. The snake jabbed its tail at a little sign on the next to the glass. Harry peered at it. Boa Constrictor, Brazil. Was it nice there? The Boa Constrictor jabbed its tail at the sign again, and Harry read on. This specimen was bred in the zoo. Oh, I see. So you've never been to Brazil. As the snake shook his head, there was a deafening shout behind Harry, made both his, that made both of them jump. Dudley! Mr. Dursley! Come and look! At the snake! You won't believe what it's doing! Dudley came waddling toward them as fast as he could. Out of the way you! he said, punching Harry in the ribs. Caught by surprise, Harry fell hard on the concrete floor. What came next he was so fast no one saw how it happened. One second, Piers and Dudley were leaning right up close to the glass. And the next, they had leaped back with howls of horror. Harry sat up and gasped. The glass in front of the bow constructor's tank had vanished. The great snake was uncoiling itself rapidly, slithering around onto the floor. People throughout the corruptile house screamed and started running for the exits. As the snake slid swiftly past him, Harry could have sworn a low hissing voice said, His, Brazil, here I come. Thanks, Samigo the keeper of the reptile house was in shock. But the glass, he kept saying, where did the glass go? The zoo director himself made Aunt Petunia a cup of strong sweet tea. while well, he apologized over and over again. Pierce and Dudley could only give her as fast as Harry had seen. The snake hadn't done anything except snack playfully at their heels as they passed. But by the time they were back in Uncle Ronan's car, Lily was telling them how it had nearly bitten off his leg while Piers was swearing it would try to squeeze him to death. But worst for all, for Harry at least, Piers was calming down enough to say, Harry was talking to it. Weren't you, Harry? Uncle Ronan waited till Piers was safely out of the house before starting on Harry. He was so angry he could barely speak. He managed to say, "Go cupboard, stay no meals." Before he collapsed into a chair, into a chair, and Aunt Petunia had to run and get him a large brandy. Harry lay in his dark cupboard much later, wishing he had a watch. He didn't know what time it was and couldn't be sure the Dursleys were asleep yet. Until they were, he couldn't risk sneaking into the kitchens for some food. He had lived with the Dursleys almost ten years. Ten miserable years, as long as he could remember. Ever since he had been a baby and his parents had died in that cart crash, he couldn't remember being in a car when his parents had died. Sometimes, when he had strained in his memory during long hours in his cupboard, he came up with a strange vision, a blinding flash of green light and burning pain in his forehead. This, he supposed, was the crash, though he couldn't imagine where all that green light came from. He couldn't remember his parents at all. His aunt and uncle never spoke about them, and of course he was forbidden to ask questions. There were no photographs of them in the house. When he had been younger, Harry had dreamed of, and dreamed of some unknown relation coming to take him away, but it had never happened. The Dursleys were his only family. So yet sometimes he thought, or maybe hoped. The strangers in the street seemed to know him. Very strange strangers they were, too. A tiny man with a violet top hat bowed to him once while out shopping with Aunt Petunia and Dudley. After asking Harry furiously if he knew the man, Aunt Petunia had rushed them out of the shop before without buying anything. A wild-looking old woman dressed in all green had waved merrily at him once on a bus. A bald man with a very the very long purple coat had actually shaken his hand in the street the other day, and then walked away without a word. The weirdest thing about these people was the way they seemed to vanish the second Harry tried to get a closer look. At school, Harry had no one. Everyone knew that Dudley, the Dudley's gang hated that odd that odd Harry Potter in his baggy old clothes and broken glasses, and nobody liked to disagree with Dudley's gang.